Welcome to Cloudy with a Chance of Trust, a podcast for digital transformation leaders where we discuss the latest cyber attack issues, enterprise security strategies, and current security events so that you can successfully accelerate network and security transformation. And now here's what's on our mind this week. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Cloudy with a Chance of Trust, a podcast for technology leaders with listeners in over 50 countries in the world. I'm your host, Pam Kubiatowski, and I am so excited. I know I say this to you on a regular basis that I am excited about our guests, but we have a really special guest today, Stacy Hughes, CISO at Voya Financial. For those of you who may not know Voya, Voya Financial is a leading health, wealth, and investment company with more than 14 million individual workplace and institutional clients. Stacy has more than 20 years of experience in IT, security and compliance leadership within the fintech industry. Also, she is dedicated to enabling the next generation of cyber leaders and broadening the talent pool the industry draws from. I'm so excited to welcome her to the show today. Stacy, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Pam. I'm excited to be here. So, Stacy, if it's okay with you, I'd actually like to get some of your general cyber takes and then want to actually talk about in more detail how you view mentorship and also diversity, exclusion, and inclusion interests. So with that, let's jump in to your role as CISO over at Voya. Now, I know a lot of CISOs right now are just going ahead and preparing for the new SEC guidelines. How do you actually think it will affect or change potentially the CISO's role? It definitely puts a bigger spotlight on the CISO role within an organization. It provides that additional communication aspect that may not have traditionally always been there within organizations. It's going to be interesting to see how CISOs continue to have evolving threat landscapes, evolving areas that they need to continue to protect and secure within any organization. So being able to take those key concerns, what those risk mitigation strategies are, it's going to be and continuing to be important to be able to communicate that not only to senior leadership in an organization, but also to the respective boards as well. To me, you know, in some of the conversations I've had, a number of CISOs are a little, I don't know if I would call it concerned. Maybe it's concerned. Some are, some aren't, but some are top of mind about the fact of, you know, can you really go ahead and report an incident within the timeframes that you're being given, right? Because you're, you're really, in some instances, you may be trying to still mitigate. Yes, you can be, depending on the facts and circumstances of an event. And I think that's going to be something that as we look forward and anticipate this month with the new rule coming into effect, you know, what are other strategies that CISOs can leverage to make sure we're getting our help in as soon as possible if we need it, uh, as well as being able to make sure that we're able to, I'm going to say, test our process for communication upwards. Many of us as CISOs already have an incident response plan. Mm -hmm. But now with the new reporting requirements within four days, there is some additional processes and procedures that need to be implemented within your instant response plan. And for CISOs, we have to look at what we're doing to continue to exercise those plans and walk through those plans, 
not only just as we communicate upwards in that process, if there ever was a material event requiring a K disclosure, but also what many of us are already doing within our own security organizations and technology organizations, as well as business, walking through those steps that we would go through in the event of an incident. So Stacey, you know, some of the other conversations I'm having with a number of CISOs is about funding, right? It seems that a number of them, although security is top of mind for every CISO, and quite frankly, for most boards, for CEOs, CFOs, all of that, right? For the business itself, given some of the economic headwinds we've encountered, they're finding difficulty finding funding to actually support the actual initiatives that they know they have to put in place. How are you seeing that with you and some of your peers? In looking at the economic headwinds that are coming, that we're hearing about coming our direction, it's really talking about risk. And what is that risk to the organization? And really aligning it to an organization's risk appetite. And also then having the funding be able to support those strategic initiatives from a security perspective to mitigate that risk appetite you know, if it's outside of the tolerance. And I think that's very important now uh, when we're looking at prioritization of security initiatives in light of also every organization has business initiatives and wanting to continue to grow and sustain. So how do we continue to have that balance between security and growth initiatives? But it really ties back to the risk. What's the security risk to the organization? And how do we continue to mitigate that and also show the business value of what security can be doing in an organization. I really feel like security is embedded within the business and within the technology. And how do we continue to drive that value going forward? That's interesting, Stacey, because I've had a couple conversations with a few CISOs. They actually asked me what I'm saying, because in this role, right, I am meeting CISOs, CIOs, CXOs on a daily basis. And a number of them are saying that they're seeing that CISOs aren't typically staying long in their role. That it seems like a number of CISOs are moving in that 18 months to two year period. And some of them wonder, is it because they're not getting the right funding to do what they need to do? And when it comes down to really who's going to be responsible when a recommended initiative is denied, especially in light of this new SEC guidance, Are you hearing anything from peers or or in the industry that people are getting more and more nervous about, and again, because let's face it, with SolarWinds, their CISO being brought up on charges, do you think that's top of mind or do you think that's something that people are just going to talk about a little bit and it's kind of going to go away? I do think it is something that may not be at the top of every CISO's mind, but it is on their mind. And just wanting to, you know, make sure that as they are communicating, because let's face it, CISOs, this isn't at times the most popular job. You are under an enormous amount of stress in the role. So it doesn't surprise me that the longevity is typically that long. I do think, though, it really ties back to being able to communicate in business terms and in business language what security risk is to an organization and really having that good relationship and the good partnership with the business. I think that really helps to articulate not only what you're doing from a security risk perspective, but also tying back to your strategic initiatives that also help the organization at the end of the day. 
it is something that I do hear other peers talking about. I don't think it's going to be forgotten about anytime soon. And it's hard to because you're weighing so much out in a CISO role. You hate that this has now become just even a thought. So as a veteran, right, in the fintech industry, can you talk a little bit about what makes the sector unique for cyber professionals and whether that be compliance or a specific threat type or some other aspect? What makes it unique? I think for fintechs, it's really working on technology and innovation. And how do we help drive that going forward, no matter what line of industry that we're in? For example, Voya, we've got our workplace as well as our investment management solutions. How do we bring that technology in to be able to provide the best products and services for our customers and the employees of those customers on what they make for their own financial futures? So that is very critical. With that innovation, as well as new technologies, the compliance aspect does come into play because we as fintechs are highly regulated. And that just plays the importance of making sure that security is built into everything that you do because having security embedded in to any innovation, any new technology enables that to be built in from the scratch and allows us to grow faster. You had recently did a, it was a fireside chat with your CEO, Heather Lavelli. And I loved her perspective. You know, some organizations struggle with protecting assets and balancing it with the protection of employees. And I love her perspective in the fact that she talked about with you being able to protect both their business, your customers, and your employees. And could you talk a little bit about that and and, and just the perspective you have? Because some CISOs actually struggle with the fact of how much security for their employees is enough. Yes, I am very blessed and honored that I get to meet with our CEO monthly. And that is a opportunity that I don't know how many CISOs actually get the opportunity to do on that type of regular cadence, just the two of us. And we get to talk about all things cyber, which is exciting. And that ties into being able to talk about what our initiatives are for our employees as well as our customers. And it ties into then how, you know, she translated that into our information security message that we had just a casual conversation like this, Mm -hmm. that it was recorded to share with all of our employees. The bottom line is our customers entrust with us, you know, with their savings and with their decisions. It's a real honor and a privilege that we get to do that, which is why everybody takes security so seriously to protect those assets and mm-hmm. also really uphold our customer trust. That's mm-hmm. a that's critical to you know our mission at Voya. And it's great to have executive support in those initiatives. You know, I think tapped into a perspective that sometimes employees forget your employees are your customers. And so by securing your employees, you're ultimately securing them as a customer also. And I think more organizations have to take kind of that perspective to get employees to understand why are you so focused on security? It's ultimately to go ahead and secure them too personally. So I I think that's really a point that I think more have to not harp on, but, but, but focus on, right? Yes. 
At Voya, we take our information security training very seriously and have nuggets of wisdom, as I like to call it, that our employees can take and leverage at home as well, too. Because it's not just about protecting our employees and our customers. It's also being able to make sure that everyone can protect their homes, their families as well in this new digital and cyber world that we're in. So we try to make sure we've got takeaways that not only just apply to work, but apply in your personal life too. You've touched on a really important part, the training. But before we go there, technology is constantly changing. Sometimes it feels like, what is the shiny new toy? It's AI. And whether that's large language models or predictive analytics or some other form, how can and how are you actually ensuring that you're staying on top of technological changes, specifically in this instance, leveraging AI capabilities for security? Well, we, like many organizations, are starting to look at, you know, what the capabilities of artificial intelligence can have for our organization. Historically at Voya, we have had language learning models that would help with things such as account takeovers, where we can look at the way historically a customer has logged in to their Voya account and then tie it back to their geolocation. Mm -hmm. And we're able to look at some of that to predict if there's any fraud or account takeover activity. So we've been leveraging that for a while at Voya to help protect our customers' assets. On the artificial intelligence front, on the security side, I think taking that as the foundation, there's so many possibilities. And I know we're just looking and starting to continue to explore what those are. But I really see that as we're either generating risk-based alerting or other capabilities down the road. It's really going to continue to explode and, and help us down the road continue to secure not only just Voya, but any company leveraging that technology across any organization. And that's the exciting part because... I think back to years ago when the cloud was something that was new and there was a lot of questions about what the potential was going to be. But now cloud is amazing technology that we have all of the security built around it and we've developed that from not just a security but availability, reliability, capacity, planning perspective and being able to really build and grow and have scalable systems for companies. And that's just been really exciting as well, too. So I see AI kind of taking off in that same path as the cloud did years ago. I think that's really exciting for the future for just technology, as well as cybersecurity. You know, it's funny, early in my career, people were talking about IP telephony, right? And look at how long it took for IP telephony really to come to the market and for for many to embrace it. And I'm one of those that when people were talking about cloud, I'm like, oh, come on, it's going to be another IP telephony. And it wasn't. It's amazing how cloud took off and how it filled the gaps that most organizations were looking for. It's it's really exciting times. And, you know, I want to talk about how you're working with your employees, how you're helping them actually understand things that they should be doing, understand things they shouldn't be doing. 
But I'm going to go ahead and tee that up for another conversation, Stacy, because I think we're going to have a whole nother conversation relative to training, to mentorship and diverse exclusion and inclusion. And so would love to have you back on the show at another time to tap into those and your thoughts. Great. I would love to, Pam. Thank you. And for all you out there listening, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Cloudy with a Chance of Trust. My special, special guest, Stacy Hughes. Thank you so much. And I look forward to our next conversation. Stay tuned, everybody. Thanks for listening to Cloudy with a Chance of Trust. Check back with your podcast provider regularly for more episodes. Statements by Zscaler podcasters and guests are informational only and should never be construed as legal advice. You should consult with your legal advisor on matters related to you or your business. Zscaler makes no warranties, express, implied, or statutory as to the content of this podcast, and it is provided as is. Content on this podcast may contain forward-looking statements that are current as of the date of recording and subject to change. These statements are subject to the safe harbor provisions created by the Private Securities Litigation Reform Act of 1995. Full legal disclaimers are available at revolutionaries.zscaler.com. Copyright 2022.